Great. Well, I'll begin by introducing our guest, Susie Pomerantz. Uh, today she's going to be speaking about sealing the coaching deal, the only things standing between coaches and effectively creating compensated opportunities are a few sticky mindsets about business development. Um, Susie is uh, an executive coach and author of the new book, Seal the Deal, The Essential Mindsets for Growing Your Professional Services Business. And her book explores why it's critical for coaches to know how business development works. Seal the Deal demystifies how successful coaches make money while making a difference. The innovative 10-step SEAL system reveals how to integrate the critical trinity of networking, marketing, and sales to find and land ideal clients. Uh, Susie has been coaching executives to the top for 13 years now in more than 115 organizations worldwide and is serving her third term on the board of the IJCO and her second term on the board of the ICCO. And you can learn more about Susie's book at www.sealthedealbook.com. And if you want to learn more about Susie, you can find out more about her at www.innovativeleader.com. You know, I think no matter what level of mastery that we each have achieved as coaches, I think we can all benefit from taking a fresh look at the mindsets that impede or create the kinds of coaching opportunities we desire. So during this hour, I hope you know that you each have maybe thought about some issues or questions that you might want to have addressed because we have somebody like Susie here who can really, uh, I think, bring her expertise to the table for us. And uh, thank you, Susie, for, bringing, for being so gracious and offering uh, to talk with us tonight. Oh, thank you, Sylvia, and thanks for inviting me to do this. This is really one of my most fun things to do. It's oh, good. colleagues on the phone. So. Oh, and great. thank you to all of you for showing up, and I hope you came with questions and um, issues and challenges that you're facing in business development. And I thought that I'd start off just by um, w- walking you through a little bit of my own mindset shifts that had to happen for me to actually get to a place of success in my coaching business. And um, it, just last month, I had crossed the 14-year mark. So I've actually been coaching executives for 14 years in my own business. And when I first started, I got into it because I really wanted to make a difference. My commitment is to make a to contribute and add value to business, to executives, to individuals. And I'm assuming that many of the folks on this call have a similar goal or as to why you got into coaching. And so for me, originally, the idea of business development was something that was a necessary evil almost, like paying taxes or taking out the trash or something I knew I had to do as a business owner, but something that wasn't really why I got into coaching. Um, And for many years, I considered it anathema to who I was as a coach. Um, I had mindsets about sales as almost a dirty word, that it was something that had to happen like telemarketers interrupting your dinner or, um, you know, door-to-door salesmen or used car salesmen. I had it all wrapped up in something that had to do with pushing myself on others or um, asking for something that they didn't want to give me or, or trying to come up with the right kind of pitch. You know, these are some of the mindsets that I had. And so part of my process in shifting my own mindset to get to a place of understanding around business development was how do I find a way to align business development and understand what it is and make it a systematic process that's aligned with who I am as a coach and as a passionate professional? How do I align it with what I'm passionate about? 
and how do I turn business development into a way that supports me in fulfilling my passion of making a difference with people and companies, et cetera. And that was really the beginning of the shift for me. And, and so that was quite a few years ago. And where, I, where things are now is that I, over the years I've run into a number of coaches at all different levels, new coaches as well as sophisticated senior coaches who have said to me, how do you get into all these corporate giants? You know, a seven of my um, clients on my client list are, are the Fortune 100 companies. And so people are always asking me, how do you do that? And I didn't, I had to step back and reconstruct and think about, well, how do I really do that? I'm not really sure how I do that. So when I started looking at it is where the content for the telecourses that I used to do as well as the book came from. So that's really where the book came from, was in response to the questions that I got from coaches wherever I would find myself talking to coaches. So what I'd like to do here is start out and do just a brief, high-level overview of defining rainmaking and business development and then distinguishing networking, marketing, and sales, just, you know, broad brushstrokes. And then I really want to open it up to a dialogue so that you guys can get value out of this conversation. I mean, for us to spend an hour of our time together, I don't want to just be sitting here doing all the talking. So I want it to be interactive where we can explore some mindsets together. We can talk about branding, networking, whatever you want to talk about, whatever, where, wherever business development might be a mystery for you. So just to start off, rainmaking and business development, I use those words interchangeably, and that's really about creating the opportunities for you to be compensated for doing what you love to do. So considering that we're all coaches, I'm going to assert that rainmaking and business development for our purposes are about getting coaching clients or creating coaching opportunities. Now, a lot of times we commingle that with the term marketing. People talk about marketing our business or we talk about marketing ourselves. And what I'd like to do is, for the purposes of this conversation, to be distinct that I'm not using the word marketing to mean business development or rainmaking. To me, business development and rainmaking are the umbrella terms under which there's a critical trinity, which are networking, marketing, and sales. So networking is about preparation, is, is about um, relation, I'm sorry. Marketing is about preparation, and sales is about implementation. So that's how I think about the three of those. So networking are, is all of the things that you're doing to connect with other human beings without any particular agenda. Networking is not for the purposes of growing your business specifically. It's about connecting with others to share information, resources, leads, connect people with other people, connect people with information, etc. That's networking. That's all about relations. Marketing is the preparation piece, and that's all about taking your message to market. So you, in order to do that, you have to know what your message is. You have to know your brand, all of those things. So marketing includes everything that you do to get your message out to the market. So that's your website, that's your, your business collateral materials, that's your um, writing articles, speaking engagements, etc. And then sales is the implementation piece where the relation and the preparation come together and you're out there meeting people face-to-face -face for the purposes of requesting their business and you're asking them to sign on with you to move forward with you in some capacity within the process. Um, so I'm going to stop there and open it up to the group to see where you are and what you've heard thus far about those distinctions and if those distinctions make sense and work for you. And if we need to flesh out the distinctions a little bit more, we can. Otherwise, we can jump right into what, where is business development a mystery for you? Where, where would you like to um, ask questions or throw something out to the group for some group coaching around perhaps a sticky situation that you might be facing in business development. 
And don't forget to unmute before you talk. <laughs> Susie, this is Bradley in California. Hi. Hi. My question is, I am facing two very large hospitals, and at what level do you call in? Do you call the CEO or the VP of HR or where? Are you talking about cold calling? Do you know these people? Uh, I have been introduced to them by the Chamber of Commerce, who says they'll welcome your call. Great. So you're not cold calling. Perfect. So if, if these are warm leads, you've met them at the Chamber, they'll welcome your calls. I would go to the highest level decision maker first and start there. Okay. Yeah, I've gotten their name from the Chamber, but I haven't met them yet. Okay. So I guess I'm just confused as to how do I open my call? Well, that's, so you are talking about a slightly warm cold call okay. <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. Um, it's slightly warm because you've got the blessing from the chamber who said they'd welcome your call, and they probably will welcome your call as a fellow member of the chamber. However, I think initially you want to start that out as networking. You're not calling them to sell your services initially. You're not cold calling to push anything onto them. You're calling just to meet them, get to know them, because you're both members of the chamber, and you want to explore mutual connections. What are all the possible ways we could mutually serve each other's commitments, needs, issues, et cetera? Mm. That was some feedback, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow, thank you. Does that answer your question? It does. It makes it better for me now. Okay, good. You know, you raise a good point in that, you know, anytime we're facing something that's uncomfortable, we've got to find a way to make it fit with our comfort zone. Otherwise, we're not going to do it, and it's going to go back into that category of being something that's um, a distasteful activity like paying taxes or taking out the trash. So we want to make it fit with and align with our purpose in the first place of becoming a coach, et cetera. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Susie. Yeah. This is Jan Mundo. Hi. Hello. I am really enjoying what you're talking about. Um, oh, thanks. What I was flashing on when, when I was listening to you was that I think that for myself I first had the yuck factor to what you're talking about um, as far as uh, sales quote unquote yeah. um, but what I was realizing when you spoke is that I had those three parts all blended ah. networking marketing and sales so I think uh, I wasn't really thinking of net networking purely as itself Mm-hmm. Unless it was, I was helping somebody else get connected. Well, that's but, a great mindset for networking. <laughs> but I think that also that I had them confused in my mind, had that the part that had to do with me, putting myself out there, confused with the sales part in the networking. Oh. So it was different than when I tried to connect other people than when I tried to network myself because then there was more of a... Um, agenda for sales. Right. So it really helps to hear those distinctions that you're making. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. You know, there is a worksheet in the book that actually fleshes out the distinctions even more. And if you guys want to email me, I'm happy to send you the distinctions because um, I, ha you know, I, I created it into a worksheet that's separate from the book. So you don't have to go buy the whole book if you just want the distinctions: networking, marketing, and sales. I'm happy to send those to you. Uh huh. So um, let me just give you my email address and just email it requesting that um, that template. And it's um, Susie, S-U-Z-I, at InnovativeLeader.com. 
and uh, you know, whenever I'm happy to send that to you. Yeah, well, actually, that, that's really generous of you to do that. Thank you. Sure. Okay, this is still Jan. I also um, can appreciate what you're talking about as far as aligning your business development or my own business development with what really my passion is. And so to just keep truing myself to that, is just, that's helpful. Yeah, I call that. that the magic pill. You know, people are always asking me, what's the magic pill? Or, the, you know, they ask for the silver bullet or the magic pill for sales. And, and people keep asking that tongue-in-cheek. Like, you know, what, when I say, what do you want to know about networking, marketing, and sales? They say, well, what's the magic pill? So here, here it is. You ready? The magic pill, P-I-L-L, passion, inspiration, love, and learning. So what are you passionate about doing? What inspires you? What do you love? In other words, what feels easy and gives you energy? And what gives you access to continual learning and growth? Probably a lot of those, the answers to those questions are why you got into coaching in the first place. So that's where business development lives when it works really well. That's the magic pill. Thank you. So part of it is aligning your actions and your mindset with the magic pill and integrating your activity in all three aspects of that critical trinity. So you need to do you need to have activity in networking and in marketing and in sales simultaneously. And when you have those all working simultaneously, what happens is they sort of overlap. There's if you imagine a Venn diagram with three circles, one is networking, one is marketing, one is sales. And if you imagine the point at where all three of those circles overlap in a Venn diagram, that integration point is where you seal the deal when you when you're working in all three areas. So people can actually, you know, you can do this with a partner or with your coach sometimes where if you take a look at what are you what are you currently doing to promote your business? What are you currently doing in the areas of business development? So, and, and when you do this with a partner, have the partner record for you while you talk and have them record what are you doing that's networking, what's marketing, and what's sales in three different columns. And you'll start to see very easily where you're spending most of your activity. And then you'll start to see where you need to beef up activity in the other areas. I know some people who spend all of their time in marketing because it feels safe and they feel like they're getting their ducks in a row and they feel like they can't go out there and do the networking or the sales until they have all their ducks in a row. So they spend all their time in marketing. Well, that's well and good and effective and important and necessary, except that that in and of itself isn't going to get you clients and dollars and contracts and business. You know, that's the preparation piece. So I've seen people who just engage in marketing activities, and it takes a good seven years to get business if you're doing that. But if you're engaged in networking at the same time as marketing as well as sales activities, you can have a quantum leap in your results and end up, you know, closing business within six months. So let's hear from other folks. Where is where is business development a mystery, or where are some challenges that you're facing, or where do uh, you get stuck? Yeah. Susie, this is Peter in Palo Alto. Hi, Peter. Um, I, I have a fairly focused question, a, a problem which I have faced. Um, I, I develop my business both through – I'm a career and life coach, and I work in the healthcare industry, and I work almost exclusively with physicians. Ah. And so I try to – network and do marketing and sales with organizations that service physicians. And I have learned over the years that if I can find an opportunity to speak at a large meeting, um, 
it not only spreads my uh, brand, but it also usually will uh, bring in a client or two or three. Great. So, um, so I try to get myself on the agenda of big national meetings. And it's difficult, it, you know, because like other people have said, you sort of have, you end up making a lot of cold calls or sending um, bro, uh, brochures or information in a cold fashion. Um, recently, a friend of mine who also speaks um, to large national meetings gave me a tip, and he said, here are the names of two people. Uh, they do meeting planning and they plan meetings, each one of them, for up to 15 organizations. And I thought, wow, that's, that's what I need. So first I sent uh, some marketing materials to these people, and then I followed it up with a phone call. And I could never get through to either one of them, nor did they acknowledge receiving my phone call or my marketing materials. And I've had no response and obviously no new business. So I'm just wondering, sorry for such a long question, but is there a way to sort of break into those kinds of people? Yes. First of all, I wouldn't take it personally that they haven't responded. They probably get tons of these daily. They probably You're not the only person who's figured out that if you um, – try to get to the meeting planners, that gets you access to more meetings than what you could do on your own. So so they're probably inundated with uh, many similar requests, and you're relatively unknown to them. So the way to get in with those kinds of people is to figure out who in your network knows them. So the person who gave you their names, does he actually know them? I think he has a relationship with them because they ask him to speak all the time. So then you want to connect with them through him. You want to call them up and say, you know, John, whatever, whatever the guy's name was suggested that I give you a call and I'm interested in setting up a time to talk to you and you want to put you want to put out a specific time so that you get them looking at their calendar. So the message is like this. Um, John so and so suggested that I call you. I would like to set up a time to talk. How's Tuesday the seventeenth at three PM? Mm-hmm. And I will call you in the next day or two to follow up with you and see if that works for you. If you don't hear back from them. So you keep, the, you keep the leadership in your control so you're not waiting for them to come back to you. Yeah, that's And you always ask for a specific date and time because then you're not saying, oh, well, we should sometime get together sometime to talk about something. You're right. very specific. They're opening their calendar. They're looking at a date, perhaps. And definitely, definitely if you have a name of someone who has a relationship with them, that makes it a warm call and not a cold call. So you absolutely want to leverage that name. So-and-so said I should call you. And they, you don't have to tell them in your message why you're calling. You don't yeah. have to say, I'm calling because he suggested that I would be someone who could be on your list to speak at all the different places where you put speakers in. You can just say, so-and-so suggested I should call you, that, um, and I would like to pick your brain about some ideas that he gave me that he said you'd be able to help me with. So they don't know if you're a customer of theirs. They don't know who you are, and they're going to call you back more likely. Well, the, the only difficulty is that my friend, who will just call uh, Mr. X, Mr. X said to me when he gave me their contact information, don't tell them that I gave you their contact stuff. So he didn't why? want to be identified as the source of the information. Did he so, tell you why? What's that? Did he tell you why? 
Well, I, I probably, no, not specifically. I think it was, just like you say, they get probably a lot of um, contacts from people who are interested, just like I am, and so they try to make themselves scarce, if you will, so they don't have to handle a lot of marketing calls. Maybe you could speak at a meeting of meeting planners or go to a conference of meeting planners and network with some of them. Yeah, so rather than networking with the physicians, maybe networking with meeting planners where you can create relationships and meet them and um, get to know them as individuals before you start pursuing business with them. Yeah, well, that's the next one idea. The other idea is to go through your network of people that you know outside of physicians. I mean, everybody. Everybody that you know in your life through whatever communities you're involved in. Chances are somebody you know is connected to some kind of meeting planner. Chances are. You know, using the whole six degrees of separation concept. You guys know what that is, right? Sure. So chances are you are within six degrees of someone who is connected to these meeting planners. It's not these particular ones than others. Yeah. So I don't actually spend much time cold calling, if any. I, I, I mean, I think I could, I, I can't remember the last time I did any cold calling. And I gave it up rather early on when I first tried cold calling because I wasn't, I, I found that you get much more, many more results when you have a relationship in place that makes it a warm call. Where were we, Peter? Are you still there? Well, uh, yeah, she's given me some excellent suggestions. Oh, good. Thank you. You bet. Okay, so other folks, what? Where do you get stuck, or where do you get in your own way around your own mindsets or any other specific business development questions or um, another angle we can what, what mindset shifts will it take for you to move from whatever your current view of business development is to a place of joy and lightness in the, the process that it is? Susie? Yeah. This is Deirdre. Hi, Deirdre. Hi. Uh, may I ask you a question about branding, or am I jumping ahead? Go for it. Okay, I'm in a coach training program right now, and we've been exploring this exploring this concept of branding. Um, I have a group that I'm I'm interested in, but I'm wondering, do you think um, I'm jumping ahead of myself in terms of needing to have maybe experience before I, you know, kind of designate a group or something? Well, are you talking about a niche market, or are you talking yes. about your brand? Yes, a niche market. Okay, so. Branding is more specifically about how what what makes you unique in, okay. the, in the marketplace and how you're going to uh, align and coincide all of your messaging with how you want to be known in the market. So that's okay. branding. Um, I think what you're asking is whether or not it's too early to have a niche, a target niche market. Yes. Okay. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. Um, so I I don't think there's any right time to have a target niche market, and I also don't think that you have to have a target niche market. Um, Can you say more about that? Yeah. So there are folks who tell you, you know, you got to specialize or die. You know, there there are folks out there who say if you don't have a niche market, then you're just kind of out there marketing to everybody and shooting from the hip and casting a wide net. And I, I don't know if when you're starting off if that's a bad thing. Okay. I think that as multidimensional, multifaceted human beings, we have a lot of different communities that we play in in life. And I don't know that we necessarily know where we want to target ourselves early on mm -hmm. and wonderful surprises can happen if we don't lock ourselves into a target niche okay um, but on the flip side of that if there's a community that you're really passionate about absolutely target them because if you okay. share their passion that's a very natural alignment of who you are and what you do 
Right. Um, right. So, I, you know, I don't think that there's any one right way to do it for everybody. I think it's so, you know, for me personally, I started out all across the board everywhere. I didn't know about a niche target. And then what ended up happening was just by the process of networking and developing my business, I ended up getting in with um, the attorneys at DuPont and working with attorneys at DuPont who then shared my name as a referral with a lot of other attorneys, and then I ended up getting niched with attorneys, which was very unusual because I'm not an attorney, and typically they only work with other attorneys. Um, but they're really the, what I find is that the legal community is really great about sharing referrals and references, and so I was able to expand my business rather rapidly in the legal market, mm-hmm. um, providing coaching and consulting to attorneys. So um, I didn't actually choose that brand, I mean that niche. That niche chose me. <laughs> um, and had I not been open to that, I, you know, I would have missed out on a really wonderful journey in my own journey of business development. Okay, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. Susie, this is Sylvia. Hello. I, I just think your answer there was uh, so refreshing because I've heard that so often, mm-hmm. you know, and that there were, even in the coaching schools, uh, often I think there's a big push, find find your niche, find your specialty. And I, I, it has been also my personal experience that, you know, I went in feeling like I had to have a niche, but I, I'm glad that I didn't market myself too tightly because some of the things that have happened have been surprises, like you said, that really were wonderful fits, but if I had gone into it saying, okay, this is where I'm headed and that's it, I would have you know, possibly cut myself off from some wonderful ways to grow and, and to do what I do you know, yeah. in a meaningful way. I, I, I love your answer to that. Thanks. Thank you. What are some of the biggest um, hurdles that people are finding in business development or some of the questions that you might have around networking or marketing or sales or how to integrate the three. This is Hillary in California. And I am wondering, I'm I'm also in a coach training program and I'm just starting my business. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the the trinity, as you call it, you know, networking is relatively cost-free. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing is higher cost, and then sales is the conjunction of the two of them. Where would you recommend for somebody who's new in the business to put their emphasis? That's an interesting question. I think everybody all the time, ongoingly, has to put emphasis on networking. Um, I think that's the foundational piece, at least in my experience, because... If we're constantly expanding our network with a genuine curiosity and a genuine interest in other people and a genuine uh, connection-seeking mission, then our networking is going to really yield a lot of fruit for all of the other things that we might want to do in business down the road. Um, And like you said, it's free (laughs) for the most part. Sometimes if you attend networking events, there's a cost to the event. But I'm talking about networking in a really, really divergent sense, you know, not just business networking meetings where you exchange cards and try to collect as many cards as you can collect and follow up with people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ongoingly all the time in all the communities and circles that you play in, you know, really figuring out how to connect with other people at the most genuine basic level, you know, as if we're just human beings out in the world looking for friends to play with, that kind of thing. Because what that opens up is... um, It opens up a lot. Just in conversation, you get to learn about what other people are committed to, what other people are up to, where they play, who they know. 
what they're looking for, what they're working on, and ways that you might be able to um, provide them some connections to support what they're up to. And just in that process, you're going to get really great ideas for your own marketing and your own business development. And as you're creating these networking relationships, friendships, connections, etc., you're going to be working on your marketing message at the same time because every time you introduce yourself to someone, you need to articulate who you are and what you do. I mean, that's just basic. I mean, at least in America, that's how people connect. So, mm-hmm. um, so when you're doing that, every time you open your mouth to introduce yourself to someone or to meet a new person or to connect with a new person, you're going to articulate your coaching purpose, mission, brand, et cetera, in a different way. And so you're going to be fine-tuning your marketing message in the process of networking. Um, and the sales piece, you know, there's a natural place where a networking conversation shifts into a sales conversation, and that's when people start actually really being interested in your services for a specific need that they have. Um, and you'll know when that happens, and then you shift into the sales conversation. But there really isn't a whole lot of a cost to the sales piece of it. I think really where the cost lies in the, is in the marketing piece. But there are a lot of free ways to get marketing out there. I mean, of course, a website costs money, but there are inexpensive ways to do websites as well as really expensive customized ways. And I think you can have a really effective, inexpensive website. Um, and then um, speaking, a lot of there are a lot of places where you can speak for free. It doesn't pay you, but it doesn't cost you anything. Um, writing articles, um, just it costs you your time, but it doesn't cost you anything to write articles. It's just a matter of finding places who are hungry for articles. And nowadays, with blogs and everything, there's lots of opportunity to get your message out there, whatever your message is. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you very much. Sure. Susie, this is Sylvia again. I, I, I really love the way that you're really reframing and redefining networking because I think culturally we tend to think of networking as a very businessy, uh, very impersonal kind of thing, like you described earlier about just you know seeing how many business cards you can collect. And what I love about the way you're describing this is, is that really this is about human beings meeting other human beings, talking about the work that they're doing, being interested in hearing about the work other people are doing, and then being in a practice. It actually puts you in a practice of over and over saying what it is that you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing, which connects you with the energy of why you're doing what you're doing over and over again, which allows you to keep growing that. And it's so, fun. <laughs> it's fun, and it's fun, yeah. Even if and you're not an extrovert, <laughs> it's still fun mm-hmm. because, uh-huh. you're, you know, we all on some basic human level crave human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to think those of us that are in a people-helping business like coaching, we, we tend to be higher on the spectrum of craving human interaction <laughs> than, than folks who make their living behind a computer screen or, you know, mm-hmm. doing something that doesn't involve other people. Right. But there are there are nine mindsets of networking that I talk about in the book. Um, mm-hmm. it be, do you guys are you interested in hearing those now? Should we spend some time on those, or what would be of most value to folks on the call? I think the mindsets might be really beneficial to mm-hmm. be in Nashville. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll just jump right in there and um, so here are the nine mindsets. The first one is that it's a game. Have fun. Okay, so if we think about networking as a game and have fun with it, then we're, it's not going to feel like work. Even though the word work is right in the middle of the word networking, it doesn't have to be work that's painful. It can be fun. So if we think about it as a game, that's the first mindset. The second mindset is connection seeking. So becoming a connection seeker. 
So if you're not already doing this, you might already be doing it. But if you're not, make yourself driven to find connections. So that means that when you're meeting people, you're looking for where you can connect the person you're meeting with everybody else and everything else in your life. So they're, as they're talking, as you're asking them questions, which we do as coaches really naturally, we come up with great questions. So as you're engaging in a networking conversation with someone you're meeting for the first time and you're finding out about them and who they are, you're, you're listening for ways to connect them with people in your world, information that you know, um, articles that you may be reading. It, you know, you're, you're looking for referrals that they may be looking for. It, they're, you'll listen for where the connections are, but you're listening for who to connect them with. And it, has, it may have nothing to do with business. It may be that they're looking for, I don't know, a babysitter with a certain profile and you know exactly the person because your daughter is exactly that person so you're connecting them with someone in your life for a need that they have that has nothing to do with business but these are the kinds of human connections that that i'm talking about in the second mindset which is connection seeking the third mindset is about partnering so partnership in the in the um spirit of the word you know not partnership but looking for mutual benefits looking for ways to serve the people that you're networking with and and looking for some mutual ways to benefit each other. So how can we partner? What can we do together? What might that look like? How can we help each other? The fourth mindset is about having really clear agendas up front. So the best agenda for networking is really having no agenda other than seeking human connection. But if you do have an agenda for the networking, then you want to make that explicit up front so that people aren't wondering what you're doing. Um, you know, just being really open about it. The fifth mindset is about curiosity and a genuine interest in others. So if you're not genuinely interested in the person you're talking to, don't feel like you need to keep networking with them. There's six billion people on the planet. You know, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Um, so it, find yourself in a place of curiosity and genuine interest in the other person. And if you really don't have it, you know, don't force yourself to network with that person. Um, and then the, the sixth mindset is the six degrees of separation. We touched on that a little bit already. But of if we just operate from the concept of anybody that I could ever want to meet or ever get to know for business purposes or otherwise is within six degrees of somebody I already know. Um, and thinking about it that way really makes it like it goes back to number one, which is that it's a game. You know, If you think about, okay, who do I want to meet? And, and you can think about it like a game. Okay, if I wanted to meet um, Bill Clinton, who do I know that can get me close to, you know, who do I know that knows Bill Clinton? And who can I ask for an introduction? Then it becomes a game trying to figure out who do you know that, that are the, who do you know and who do they know and who do they know that can get you to that six degrees of separation. Um, an example of that was when I was writing my book, I, I was thinking about who would be great people to have as endorsements, you know, the little quotes that you have on the back of the book or whatever. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, in the coaching world, really, you know, kind of the heroes in the coaching world that I know of are um, – people like Marshall Goldsmith and Julio Olaya and Ken Blanchard and, you know, I, you know I, I had a list of about five or six of them. And I thought, okay, I don't know any of these guys. I don't have a relationship with any of these guys, but I'll bet someone I know does. And so I took a stab in the dark and I emailed a bunch of people in the coaching community that I know and I said, do you know any of the people on this list? And lo and behold, there were three people who came back and said, yes, I know people on those lists. And then it was a matter of requesting, would you be willing to make an introduction? And, and so that was how I was able to get, um, I, you know, I, I was very fortunate that Marshall Goldsmith and Julio and Ken all 
agreed to endorse my book, and it was all through the relationship. I mean, it was took no time at all. It was an email to people in my network saying, you know, do you know anyone on this list? And they did. Mm. So that goes back to the game of the six degrees of separation. Um, the seventh mindset is uh, creating a climate of comfort. And the important thing about that is um, it goes both ways. It's it's not just creating comfort for the person you're talking to, but it's for yourself. Um, you know, and that if, if you're having fun with the networking and if it's comfortable for you, then it's going to be a comfortable conversation for the other person. If you're uncomfortable in the conversation, get yourself out. <laughs> Again, there's six billion other people you can be networking with. Um, the eighth mindset is giver's gain. Giver's gain, G-A-I-N. So the idea being that um, if you're coming from a place of giving and generosity, whether it's giving referrals, leads, information, connections, et cetera, to other people, you're going to gain from that. It's going to come back to you tenfold. Um, so if you're, even if you're in a conversation with someone who's looking for a coach, rather than selling yourself, if you're in a genuinely curious place, networking with them to find out what kind of coach they're looking for, what they're really looking to do, you may know the perfect coach for them, and it may not be you. <laughs> and so coming from a place of being willing to give them, rather than wanting to keep that business for yourself potentially and trying to sell them on the benefits of working with you, if you say, you know what, I know exactly who you're describing that would be the perfect coach for you, let me introduce you to that person. You've now done something wonderful for two people, the person that you're talking to as well as the coach that you know who's your colleague, and that's going to come back to you. Some, they're going to remember that, and that's going to come back to you. Um, and number nine, the mindset is of action, being in constant action. So networking is just ongoing. It's not something that you do only at a networking meeting. It's not something that you do only when you're in a suit or have your business cards on you. It's something that you do in the, in the line at the dry cleaners or the grocery store. You know, it's all the time. You do it on the soccer field. You do it with your kids at school pickup or in your um, religious community or in your neighborhood. It's ongoing. It's all the time. So those are the nine mindsets. Wow. Questions, comments, thoughts? Susie, hi, this is Eve Constantine. Hi, Eve. How are you doing? I guess you're back from New York, huh? I, yep, and I'm so glad to be on the call. And this has been, I just kind of want to say, you know, hi and thank you because it's all good stuff, great, great stuff. Um, and I'm just enjoying it. So Thanks. I wanted to jump in and say that I missed the first five or ten minutes, I think, but thank you so much. Thanks, Eve. You're welcome. Um, my name is Janet, and um, I I learned about this call through my coach, and I am also in a coaching training program, and I have hated the thought of networking. And oh. it's like with the little bit, because I also called in late, and with the little bit that I've heard, it's like, oh, my God, what an eye-opener. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I really appreciate it because I realize in certain areas it's like I network all the time. I got it. But yeah. other areas, you know, where I've just been like, oh, crap, I don't want to have to network there. I hate that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I'd say don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because I was in the set of, you know, collecting the business cards and going to chamber meetings and blah, 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 and things that I'm not really into. And yeah. so I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is, I could do the other. That's easy. Yeah. So thank you. I really appreciate that a yeah, lot. You bet. <laughs> That's a great mindset shift. Congratulations on because that shift is going to serve you really well going forward. 
playing yeah. where you're passionate makes networking easy. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, thank you. That is, is huge for me. So, Thanks, thank Anna. you. Good work. So it sounds like we have a fair number of people who are in coach training programs or, or um, you know, just starting their business. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So mm-hmm. if that's the case, what other... Yes. Yeah, so what other kinds of um, questions do you have about getting started or... Um, Susie, this is um, Jim again. I think I hear two people at once. Okay. Okay, now nobody's going. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll go. Great. <laughs> Susie, hi, it's you again. Um, and you may have touched on this in the beginning, a very sort of generic question, but when uh, trying to talk to a corporation, mm-hmm. uh, which recently I've, I've talked to one that is it's national, and when I talk to them about fees, um, you know, that are standard among some industries anyway, they were really blocking and um just saying, gee, I can get people for, you know, a third or a half of that. These are, you know, and I was talking to them about not my own personal fees, but my company's fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you do with that other than just wish, <laughs> you know, they're just, if, I, I didn't know where to go with that really. Yeah, that's a great one. So that, so what you're talking about is really what, what I, I call the commoditization of coaching. Because what's happening in the marketplace, particularly in corporations, is that the corporate consumers are getting more savvy about um, about what coaching can provide, and so they're also getting more savvy and sophisticated about um, what they can expect for what price and what the market will bear. And so the bad news for us coaches <laughs> is that they're starting to do things like price ceilings. You know, they're only interested in talking to you at a certain price point. But the good news is is that you can actually, if you have a particularly unique um, skill or strength in coaching that you bring to bear, you can charge top dollar for that and you can justify that in that conversation um, by letting them know, well, yeah, you can get people for a third or half the price of me, that's uh-huh. true, and you know, you're going to get what you pay for. You're going to uh-huh. get someone who is um, either hungry for the business or willing to, uh, you know, they're new in the business and maybe just um, wanting to beef up their resume. And, uh-huh. um, and you know, and, and I know you, Eve, so I know you're in a different place than that. So you can uh-huh. actually say, you know, I'm in a different place than that. I've got international global experience, et cetera. So, um, so you're letting them know you're differentiating yourself from, you know, the masses that are willing to take these low rates, uh, right. the lower rates. The other piece of that, and this is a critical piece, is that whenever a prospective client balks about the rate, what that tells me is that they are not clear about the value. So you've got to uh-huh. circle back to the value proposition uh-huh. and then revisit the price with them. Uh-huh. So when they say that they're not interested in that price or they're balking at the price so they can get it for less, then I would circle back and say, okay, you know, what's the purpose of why you're considering hiring a coach, what are you hoping to get out of that? If you do get that, what does that mean for you, for your organization? What, right. You know, what's the impact of that result if we do accomplish that in the coaching? And what dollar value is that worth to your organization? Right. You know, what's great. The, yeah. So I would go back into the value conversation if they're balking at price. Okay, perfect. Thank you. That was very good. Yeah. I'll be open and let you know. Oh, good. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna mute again because I'm huffing and puffing here. Okay. <laughs> Susie, this is Jan Mundo. Hi, Jan. Hello. Um, is there um, a general way that you think about or talk about um, moving from the networking conversation to the sales conversation? Well, I don't generally drive that. I generally listen for the opportunity for that to naturally occur. Um, because if you if you drive that shift too soon, it can be off-putting for right. them and you. <laughs> um, so when you're in, usually when you're in a networking conversation, if you're in that place of genuine curiosity and you're seeking connections and you're exploring possibilities and you're in the game of it, you're going to hear some nugget of something that lets you jump into the sales conversation. It's going to be something where they say, um, you know, oh, what I'm really looking for is a coach who does X, Y, and Z, and Z just happens to be your specialty. So then the way you make that shift is you say, well, you know what, Z just happens to be my specialty, and maybe we should set up a time other than now to get together and talk about that and just explore whether or not it makes sense for us to consider doing anything together. Mm-hmm. Then it's you're not jumping into the sales conversation in that moment because it may not be an appropriate place or time or, mm-hmm. or venue. Um, but you're also inviting a further conversation that isn't necessarily a, you know, let me come meet you in your office and ask for your money. It's just a further exploration of the possibility. But, you know, it may take, if you're in a cocktail party where you're doing this, it may give you the opportunity to go sit down over a lunch and have a further conversation with the person. Good. That makes sense. And then from there, you you just follow the, the steps of the sales process. And so if the lunch meeting reveals more of those nuggets, then you step it up to the next level, which is, you know, why don't we why don't we actually talk about getting started or a proposal or the next step, whatever the next step is in the process. Thank you. Yeah. Susie, this is Sylvia. Also, it would be a good time for you to tell everyone how to find your book and uh, where it's available. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm just, as I listen to... Um, the questions and the answers that you're giving, I mean, it's just, uh, even after reading your book, I mean, I, I I just am blown away with the expertise that you have, and I really highly recommend to any of you that don't have the book to, to get it. It is really um, a foundational piece, I think, to all of us who, who run businesses and do this work of coaching. I think it's it can be a, a continue to be a resource for us. Oh, thank you so much. I um, There are lots of places you can get the book. So you can go to my website, InnovativeLeader.com, and there's links there that you can click on to get the book. You can go to Amazon and look it up. You can go to BarnesandNoble.com and look it up. Or you can. There are some Barnes & Noble stores that are carrying it, although what I understand is that um, Barnes & Noble has regional buyers who make decisions based on their region about what their profile buyer likes. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, if it's not in your local Barnes & Noble, you could ask for it, they can get it. Um, or you can just get it online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I love about the book is the um, the you, you actually use actual transcripts in 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 parts of each chapter uh, from telecourse sessions that you did. Where it's really it feels like it just kind of pulls me into the book because I'm actually like feel like I'm a, participa- a, a participant in the call or, or I'm I'm right there hearing and listening to all the, the different issues and the emotions that come up around those issues 
and um, I find it a great way to learn. It's like it's like being involved or, or a fly on the wall where there's this great conversation going on, <laughs> and I, I find that a great way for me to learn. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's great feedback. Are there any other last-minute burning questions before we wrap up? So, okay. Well, I, I've really, I've had so much fun being on this call with you all, and I really appreciate all the questions and um, ideas that everyone has raised so far. And feel free to email me. Um, you know, I, now that I've met you all, I'd love to keep in communication. And um, just to repeat my websites again, it's, it's the book one is SealTheDealBook.com, and my company is InnovativeLeader.com. And Sylvia, I'm so grateful to you for inviting me to this call and for hosting the call and for putting it all together and for everything that you do on the board of the Edges coaching community. So, thank oh, Well, thank you, Susie. I was just going to say thank you because uh, I, I, I will tell the, the other callers here that, that I met Susie uh, at the ICF conference last fall, and we just had a great conversation. I was very taken uh, with you and and uh, your passion ar- around this, and it is there's such a need in our community uh, for conversations around these these ideas and, the, and the, the really beautiful and creative way that you brought it all together. It's 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 uh, a real wonderful and powerful offering to our community. So thank you for for being willing to share uh, your your inspiration with us. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just uh, step away and end this call, the, the recording of the call, but I will tell you that this call will be available to listen to later. So uh, if you want to tell friends about it who might be interested in learning more, uh, you can refer them to the EDGES community website, um, edges, um, edgescommunity.com, or I'm sorry, .org, and uh, you can be able to listen to this. I think it should be up sometime by tomorrow evening. Uh, hold on just a second. I'm going to end the recording. Conference complete. Press zero to repeat or hang up now.